You're listening to episode six of season three of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, Learning Lean, part two. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. I'm beginning to think about knowledge workers as people who know how to think and learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because so many of our jobs now require a lot of thinking and learning mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not enough to be able to just say, well, I learned that, and now I can rely on that I know that. Mm-hmm. Not only is new information coming in all the time that needs to be mm-hmm. learned, mm-hmm. but old assumptions are being challenged. So even things we thought we knew and could put on the shelf right, right and rely on, those are coming up for grabs too. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think about... Um, some of the organizations we worked in where we where we, that we've consulted in where we worked with people who were um, in essence having quite elaborate coordination jobs program administrators who had to pull numerous stakeholders together right. and help them make joint decisions and then feed that information back into the organization mm-hmm. so uh, further decisions and actions right. could be made. Um, those kinds of, I mean, that's all knowledge work too. It's, of course it it's is. It's about how do, you, how do you deal with this information flow? And, and you have to just be a hyper learner and then be able to process what you've learned, make sense of it, know how to figure out how to apply it and just keep that cycle going over and over and over. One of the uh, models in uh, Lean Startup is what they call build, measure, learn. Mm -hmm. So build something, test it, learn from that. Build some, you know, based on what you learn, build something else, test it, learn from that. Well, and that's just learning and thinking, right? Learning and thinking, right? How do we you know, how do we incorporate that in all of our work? Unfortunately, the way our, the way people are prepared for work, and a lot of knowledge works jobs require some level of higher ed mm-hmm. degrees or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's not what they're being taught how to do. Of course They're not. being taught rely on this body of knowledge. Right. And it's like, well, good luck with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Over the weekend, um, there, I heard on, uh, I think it was the Radio Lab program on NPR, or maybe it was a Talk of the Nation. I don't remember. <laughs> it's one of those public, good some, NPR yeah, shows. Yeah, one of those good public radio shows. Um, they were talking about... Uh, alternatives to education Mm -hmm. and you know because of the crisis and how much education costs Mm -hmm. what other avenues do people have and what was interesting to me is that as they talked about what they call hacking their hacking their education hacking their degree you know getting some things from here and some things from there and not relying on buying every credit from some very expensive institution 
you know, where could I mm -hmm. get this in other ways? I, I was thinking, yes, and if you are engaged in that effort, how do I put together my own education? How do I decide what courses to take in person over here, what things I can get for credit online, what I actually want to buy from the institution, what I want to do this? You're doing exactly the kind of thing that people need to know how to do at work, which is pulling right. together the right streams of information. Right. But then, yeah. but then if it, you know, so many employers are still looking for that institutional degree. Right. So a person who's done precisely that and has the the skill set to be able to do that and do it successfully um, has a really uphill battle convincing right. most employers still. Well, these these were not folks talking about. I mean, some of the folks actually were talking about. You know, we don't need those stinking degrees. Yeah. But but other folks were talking about, okay, well, so if I get, go take this class at the community college, mm -hmm. I can trans, and that costs me X number of oh, dollars. Oh, I, I see. I can transfer that I in. While, while, you know, while I'm at Harvard, I can take this class for this uh -huh. very, very expensive thing, but it would be important to do that because I need the relationship with this professor and I need to understand their work. But then there's this other class that I can get for credit online that I can do kind of on my own time that I don't have to fit into the rest of my schedule. So they were, they were actually talking about coming out at the end with a degree, ah, but I doing see. it in a very different way. You know, the whole, this whole idea of turning education on its head. Well, that would be a really creative yeah. approach. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. think about the obstacles somebody oh, yeah. would have to... The, the amount of multitasking, the yeah. amount of um, parental objection, right. you know, it, it just, right. it, to expect a young person to do that on their yeah. own would really be tough. But what if right. there was a new kind of guidance counselor right. who could help people do that, right. you know, with a... With a with an awareness of kind of what's out there, wouldn't yeah. that be kind of fun? Yes, that would be kind of fun, and and I think there will. I think sir, I think we will see the rise of services that help people do just that. Hmm. Um, which means, of course, they won't be doing the research to figure it. <laughs> but it was interesting well, that well, in they this, might yeah. be doing. They might yeah. be doing some of it, you right. know. But but it might be the difference between saying okay, I know that I'm going to need a finance class right. of some type. But it's, an and, it, it, it's one of my electives. It's not in my major. Right. right? And so, so I don't need to right. get the credit from a school where the, you know, yeah. it's going to cost an arm and a leg. So could you, Miss Guidance Counselor, help me figure out, you know, six different low-cost options for getting that particular credit. I mean, right. I would still see that there could be a role for both players in that. Yeah. Somebody who knows kind of really the scope of what's available in the marketplace, but the student themselves who is the driver of right. this is what I'm going to need or right. this is what I want to assemble in my portfolio. Right. right. You know? Right. So, yeah, I that would be very interesting. Yeah. New yeah. job, new job. I <laughs> new, like that. New job potential, new new, new business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of things like that out there. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of changes in both how people prepare for work, 
and and what's expected for people when from people once they get to work. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing about the the show that I was listening to is at least one of the people who was talking about doing this successfully may may have been more than one of them, and certainly a couple of the call-ins were this, but um, uh, at least one of them had been homeschooled. Really? So when they got ready to go to college, they had no reason to think about college as just the place you go and sit passively and listen to classes because they'd never done that for their education in their entire life. They had always been out sort of seeking out experiences and figuring out the next thing they wanted to learn and and those kinds of things. So that was a person with a good and healthy homeschool experience. Yes, yes. You know, which they're right. not all, of right. course. Right, But um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But, you know, there's some, there's some folks out there doing some pretty amazing things in the homeschooling and unschooling world. And of course, in in the higher ed, we're starting to see more. Or I mean, in in um, public education, we're also beginning to see some real innovations, like the the high school teacher who now films his videotapes his lectures, gives that as the homework assignment. Watch my lecture, and then the next day, they come in. The when the the high school kids come into class they actually do the application in class with the teacher there because they've already heard the lecture, right? So, so rather than a, trying to apply at home where you're by yourself and have, get no help, you apply at school and you watch the video of the lecture at home where you, where you take in that, that piece of the information. So really turning that whole model of what does it mean to do homework and where, where do you do your practice on its head? Right. You know, you know I, that that reminds me of a of a thought that occurred to me when I was just finishing up teaching in this um, executive MBA program. Right. That if I had it to do over, I would do something much more like what you've just said. That the videos that I had students watch, and to the extent that I lectured at all, I was thinking, why don't I just have all of that recorded? and have them watch that outside the classroom and use the classroom time for really more, even more interactive yes. kinds of stuff. Because we did a lot of that, but we could have done even more. Right. And, and although in some ways, of course, it's a break for the teacher to have, to be able to have students watch any kind of video during class time, you know, when you have only limited class hours, it's right. probably not the best thing for the student. Right. Well, and then your students, who are all pretty much employed and working, right. right, don't have a lot of extra time to do projects and things, particularly if they're group projects. Right. If you can use the in-class time for people to get together to work on group projects where they have access to you and can be asking questions, you know, that right. It makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. And and I actually don't like lecturing. Right. I mean, that's yeah. not my favorite thing to do. 
why not record them once <laughs> and, and be done with it? Right. And then do what I like doing better, which is really engaging with, with folks. Right. So um, it makes a lot of sense to me, you know, and I think next time around, that's mm-hmm. much more what I would do. Right. I think this time I, I personally had some trepidation that students wouldn't listen or watch the material before they showed up in class because I've had that experience as right. well where you assign students something you know to read right. to watch and they don't do it right but I think if you make it really really clear from the outset that if they don't do it they're going to be cooked right because that, they won't be able to the, do the what, expectation is you're going to show up and apply it right immediately right it's not we're going to come together and discuss it right right you're right. going to you're start applying, applying it. it right and <laughs> you really a little more incentive you know maybe maybe that would even you know so the first time they would show up and it wouldn't they wouldn't be prepared and after that right. they would have gotten the message so i think that's my own that was my own hesitation right. about oh is it that really going to work yeah. but you know well, well and gosh, the kind I think of, I'm going to do yeah. it differently. With the kind of self-directed learners that you get in a, in your kind of program, um, and the idea is, I mean, these are folks who have already been through their regular, you know, regular college education right. and so on, and now they're out in the working world. And right. that actually does um, have some different, I mean, there's a different dynamic there. Well, one that, would hope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's you know there's both benefits and uh, downsides to um, having your employer pay, right? Because when it's not coming out of your pocket, it you know might be have a little less sense of value to you. But but I know that as an you know I, mean, I went back to, I went back to school to get my degree as an adult, right? And I had a very different sense of, of, course of what I was paying for and what I wasn't. Also, you also reminded me of a, a great lesson that I got one time when I was uh, in my undergrad years, um, where we had lots and lots of reading assigned in a class. It was Be- before tons. you went back to school? No, or? when, no, when, oh, when I, you I went, went back. To, I was just at Lewis and Clark. And we had a class where we had lots and lots and lots of outside reading assigned. And, you know, sometimes it just became overwhelming. And mostly I did it. Mostly I did all of it. Um, But I had kids already. And, you know, there were a couple of times when I just didn't, right? And I remember one of the times when I didn't and I showed up in class and no one else had done the reading either. Ooh. And the professor came in and asked two or three questions and it was so apparent that nobody could have any kind of a you know substantive discussion about anything more than the color of the cover of the book <laughs> yeah and and she just said well um, it's it's clearly not you know this is clearly a waste of my time and she got up and left did she she did and we were all sitting there staring at each other. And what I noticed was that class had about four or five of us who were sort of returning adult students, mm-hmm. and then maybe 25 or 30 mm-hmm. 
22-year-olds 20 in it. And there was much more rejoicing among the 20 to 22-year-olds. And those of us who were yeah. shelling out of our own pockets <laughs> for this class looked at each other and went, wow. And I don't think any of us showed up unprepared again. Mm -hmm. So even if the other folks weren't, we could have the conversation because we knew we were paying for this education. Right. And we right. had a different sense of that. Right. So, um, yeah, that was, but I, that's a, that was a memorable moment for me. <laughs> and, and, and she was so sincere in her disappointment. Mm -hmm. You know, she'd done her preparation, mm -hmm. right? And she, showed up ready to have the conversation. So she was disappointed that she didn't get to have the conversation. But she was also disappointed in us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that came across pretty clearly, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why are you all here if you're not, mm -hmm. you know? And and um, and particularly, I mean, this was fairly well through the term. I mean, we were not, we weren't at the very beginning of the term. And so there were some of us in the class that she had learned that she could rely on. And, you know, and that came across loud and clear that, oh, well, I can't rely on you either, either. Uh -huh. you know, and it was like, oh. Well, it, you know, coming back though, yeah. you, there was, when we were talking earlier about the adaptive, you know, the adaptiveness that's needed and the flexibility. You know, it, it reminded me that the the kind of thinking that we, you and I, have been trying to learn and become more adept at ourselves um, that grows out of the complexity thinking. Yes, is is a toolbox that's very rich in um, learnings and and skills and mm -hmm. and tools um, th that that bear right on what it is that I think the point of um, lean mm -hmm. lean principles right um, are about right. And and that idea of you get it, you wrap your head around it, it goes in and out of focus. Um, you, that wonderful word we learn called hysteresis, yeah. where you got it, you lose it, you got it, you lose it. It's yeah. you know going in and out of focus. Um, to me, speaks to the idea that this is this is a, a, a way of thinking that one can conceptually say, oh, clearly that's the right way to be, but or that's a useful way to be, uh, more to the point, not mm -hmm. not right or wrong, but useful, as Glenda would say, but because we're so conditioned to operating in a different way. It's not an easy change yeah. for anyone. Yeah. And it, it, if you read an article about lean or lean startup, you, you can say, well, of course, that makes sense. 
Yeah. But it flies in the face when you actually try to operationalize it. It flies in the face of so much of what we've learned, been conditioned to, that there's an unlearning process yeah. that has to happen. And then a new learning or right. um, kind of process. And it's not easy. It's yeah. a struggle. But it's you can do it in bits. Yeah. You know, and you, you get more adept at it, more adept at it, until it really becomes the way you do right. what you do. Yeah. And um, I, I, was, I was talking with somebody the other day about their career. Yeah. And this is a woman who was starting to apologize to me that she didn't have a clear picture of what she should be doing five years from now <laughs> or 10 years from now. And I just started laughing. I was like, right. excuse me, and you think that you should? And she said, well, yeah, but, 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 and she started giving me the kind of rationale that we've all heard right. a million times of, well, if you don't have a goal, if you, don't, you know, can't yeah. get there, and if you don't know what you're, what you're about, da, da, da. Right. And I, I said, well, let's put that in a different frame. And so I was talking to her, if you will, about career planning or career management in very much this way of, okay, you can have a very general idea. You want to work to do good with people in education? Okay, fine. For now, that's all you need to know. So you, you take this step and you try it out mm -hmm. and you see what's good about it and what's not good about it. Mm -hmm. And then you say, oh, I want more of this and less than that. And so in your next job, you look for work that will give you more of these things and less of those things. And you do that for a while and you say, oh, this is getting closer, but it's, yeah. and basically, and your idea of what closer is, is going to change over time right. as well. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. we had that kind of a conversation, and she said, you mean that's a really okay? Yeah. And I was like, honey, if you said to me, you know what you want to be 10 years from now, that's my goal, that's where yeah. I want to be, I would be so not interested in working with you. Yeah. Because from my yeah. point of view, you're not... You don't have enough information. You haven't lived enough life. You don't know enough about yourself yet to be able to know yeah. where the there is that's there. Right. And yeah. it just, I said, I said to her, it never made sense to me when people would ask me, where do I want to be in 10 years? I, I, I never could answer that question. And I knew you were supposed to have an answer. I couldn't answer that question. I couldn't answer that question five years out. Yeah. Two years, maybe. I had kind of a clue. Right. I still don't know. Well, and the test for that is if you look back. I mean, for me, if I looked back in my 30s and my 40s, if I looked back five years, back 10 years, what was the path that from there to here, it's like it was never anything I could have predicted or planned. Mm -hmm. Never. 
And and most of the places I've been during my life, I I have liked them. Mm-hmm. You know, I was glad I was there. Mm-hmm. But there is no way I ever could have planned out the path that got me there. Look, you know, in hindsight. And so extrapolating that forward, it's like, I don't know what wonderful thing is out there for me. So how do I know how to plan to get to it? But I can keep doors open. Right. I, I mean, there are strategies I can use. I can, keep, I can keep moving in the direction of my interest. Right. I can, I can you know, th- there are things, choices, that choice points. When I get at a choice point, I can know I need to make a choice there. And just like you said, which is more and which is less. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's, that's the only way, really, now. And we do, you do have to have some kind of fuzzy idea. But the the possibilities are so endless. And and then for a while when I was working in kind of the career counseling field, not so much as a career counselor, but more as a manager of career counselors, I learned a lot about it. And one of the things I learned was there are way more job, job descriptions out there than doctor, lawyer, candlestick maker, butcher, baker, right. you know. That there are so many positions and and bodies of work that are completely out of the how we just normally think about work, you know, jobs that people have created for themselves, job descriptions that are made up to fit a particular situation, and you can't you can't plan your way into those. Because they may not, they may not even exist now. They may not exist the year before you're in it, right? And so what you, what we have to do, and and what we coach people to do is be prepared to be able to move into those situations, which is getting more and more self knowledge, more self awareness, more knowing which doors you want to keep open and which doors you're willing to close and and that kind of thing. Well, and so fundamentally, that's not a different way of thinking than the principles that underlie something like like lean. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Is that it it is a way of thinking that doesn't just have to apply to work. Right. Because it, it, it is the, the whole idea that, the whole idea of complexity. Well, in that sense, though, Sharon, that would bring us back around full circle. In the sense that we would be our own customers. If <laughs> 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 we are planning our own careers, then maybe we are our own customer. <laughs> Oh so, my! Well, but so what made me think? Maybe of, on that note. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, but what made me think about that was the 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 lean concept of what's of waste. What is waste? And there are several classes of waste and stuff depending on what kind of work you're doing. But but I think in this in this instance, it's what is what am I still dragging along with me in my life that is not serving me right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to really begin to think about that as as we think about waste at work, you know that how do I eliminate that? 
How do I eliminate that waste? Which may take may not be a one step thing, may take a little more process than that, but to really, you know, that that's a way of thinking about it. That, if, you know, if we were to apply lean principles. Do you think the psychologists are ready for this? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't want to tick off the psychologists. But, yeah. yeah. Well, but I, but I think, I think the, by and large, people um, get wedded to their, their bodies of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I don't. <laughs> but I do know that it's spreading. I mean, there are, uh, I mean, the whole, the whole um, agility in the family, personal Kanban, which is another lean concept. Those concepts are spreading outside of the workplace. I have not and heard that one. Agility in the family. Oh yeah, yeah. There's what? a TED talk recently. This guy who has a book out about taking a lot of the practices and principles from um, agile and lean and um, another kind of similar related stream called Kanban and applying them to how you do your daily life. How your how your family gets its chores done? Really? Um, yes. Wow. Right. Well, if you think about it, you well, know, yeah, the state, it's not far. The stand up meeting, you know, have it's, family, it's not family far from what I was just what yeah, I was exactly. just saying. Yeah, exactly. But there, that that movement is happening. Wow. Yeah. So not only to other parts of the business, but also outside, moving outside the business into people's personal lives. Mm -hmm. So daily stand up family meetings. Yeah. Well, on that note, yeah, we uh, certainly have personal re our our family retrospectives here. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> we would we would encourage people who uh, have come up with other ideas and other applications for some of the core principles of lean and um, and uh, notions of agility, uh, complexity to. Let us know. Yes. Please leave your comments on our blog or email us info at futureworksconsulting.com. This has been episode six of season three of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.